feel like you were born in the wrong era? Do you pine for a time gone by? Well, you've come to the right place. I'm Kaya Handley. Welcome to This Retro Life. So I need to confess something to you right now. I have become just a little bit obsessed with the vintage scene in Canada. I might be on the other side of the globe, but there are some incredible fun people, amazing events, quirky venues, and I just want to get amongst it ASAP. So because it's not always possible for you or I to jump on our plane and get ourselves to Canada, let's do it virtually right now through the incredible vintage passion and blog of Liz Grinning-Hay, who runs the Vintage Inn. Her vintage passion is all-encompassing. If it's old, she probably loves it. So just how did this love, this obsession, develop? Oh, gosh, I think I've honed it over the years. Like, I've had this question before, and I'm always kind of sitting there going, where did it come from? Because I was just at home looking through old photos and, and I was a true 90s girl. <laughs> and so I'm like, not so vintage there. But then when I thought about it, I was like, I was watching Swing Kids in the back and I had uh, some big band records in my bedroom. So I, I I went to school for fashion. And I remember when I was in school for fashion, I loved all the I really honed all my projects to like the 40s and the 50s. And I remember loving that just for some reason, I just was like, I, something was drawing me to that. I remember I would go to my grandfather's and he had a big bang collection, just a huge collection of CDs. And I would spend hours just, can you put that one on? Can you put that one on? Can you put that one on? So it all kind of come from everywhere. Like my, nobody in my family is all interested. They are now because I kind of like talk about it all the time. <laughs> but I kind of was a lone island, like just doing my own thing. And it just kind of all started to come together. And I just started like, I like something over here and I like something over there. <laughs> I do love that it's a bit subliminal that, you know, you've got music yes. from your grandfather, you found fashion yourself. There's probably, you know, memories of, of cooking with someone else and old, oh gosh, watching yeah. old movies with someone else. I love that it's then it, it includes so many, you know, special moments in your life. That's something pretty cool. Oh, yeah. The movies for sure. Like my mom and I every Sunday would watch Turner classic movies and we would watch all the old musicals. And I think that's now that I'm like thinking back to my life, like my childhood, I think that's where I started to like, cause I, it's impressed in my brain, right? Like Gene Kelly and mm -hmm. singing in the rain and all the beautiful clothes. And that was something we would do all the time on a Sunday was watch those old movies. So I think that was kind of like the path that got me started. And then left and right from there. <laughs> and then downhill spiral into obsession. Oh, God. <laughs> it ain't that the truth. Yeah, yeah. And look, it, it, but it takes a while, you know, to, to be studying it and to, to be at fashion school and to be doing projects on 40s and 50s. It can then take a while to find that bit of bravery to start delving into that in your own fashion. What was that process mm -hmm. like for you? Like growing up, I grew up not really in a small town, but it was small for me. And uh, so then that was the 90s. And I was kind of sort of like I had mentioned before, experiencing that kind of swing kids thing. But when I graduated from college, I was like, I need to go out of this small town. And so I got um, I got accepted to university in Toronto for fashion school. And it was there that I kind of was like started to see people walking down the street, not dressed the same. 
Mm. Like at home, everybody shopped at the same stores because there was one mall, five stores, that kind of stuff. And I started to see people were experimenting with how they looked and all this. And I was like, I started looking at myself going, I don't feel like this is who Liz should be. So I would start, I go to the store and I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pick up something here. And in Toronto, there's so many vintage stores. So I didn't even know what I was looking for. I just kind of would go in and just be like, I think I, I like this sixties dress. <laughs> I'm going to buy it see what happens. And I just kind of started experimenting in the early two thousands with my look, but it really wasn't until I started swing dancing, mm. um, in around 2008 where I started to really like change into the Liz today and the Liz who should have always been there. Like I definitely, the Liz I am today is the Liz that I've been trying to find for many years, (laughs) thanks to the vintage clothing and stuff like that. So it was a long process to get to that point today. What do you think it was about finding that dancing element, that vintage dancing culture that then brought it out of you? It was kind of like that glass shattering moment where it was like, okay, I remember I watched all those dancing movies and musicals with my mom. Um, I was looking at all my grandfather's big band CDs and stuff like this. And then all of a sudden I experienced Lindy Hop swing dance. And I was like, Oh my gosh, now I need to dress like I saw in swing kids. Like this, it just, it was like, I don't even know how to explain it. It was just one of the most amazing glass shattering moments where I was like, this is what I need to be. This is who I need to be. And it was just all of it came together at once. (laughs) Finally, that light bulb, that ray of light comes down from the heavens and you hear the, it it was true because I was running around kind of just experimenting with different stuff, but it wasn't until I tried out that dance class and I went to my first dance like social and I was like, Nobody was really dressed up, but I was like, I want to be dressed up. I remember what I saw in the movie. I remember what I've seen in the magazines that were out in the early, late 90s during the revival, that how everybody was dressed and stuff. That's what I want to be. <laughs> so then did it start with fashion? That's what you started to collect to change that outward appearance? Yes. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely fashion. When I look back at my my photos, I hadn't even figured out how to do my hair yet and (laughs) makeup or any of that kind of stuff. It was just definitely getting the 40s clothes in my closet. (laughs) And it was 40s, 40s, 50s, mostly 40s? What are the years? Um, Mostly 40s, but um, I've gotten into rockabilly also since I've been in Toronto. And so that's flipped me into the 50s as well with a little bit of a rockabilly edge at times. Um, So it depends on the event I'm going to. But most of the time when I go out, you'll see me in a 40s style. And like for dancing, it's perfect for dancing because a lot of the, the sleeves on the dresses were a little bit more like room to move and stuff like that. They weren't so more like of the, um, the, the new look kind of style of the fifties. And so I have freedom to like move my arms and do that kind of stuff, not be afraid to rip a beautiful, <laughs> I'm, I've ripped plenty of forties dresses, but the less than fifties. <laughs> <laughs> it is always the risk of wearing true vintage out and about. Yes. You just never know what's going to happen. There's always a sewing kit exactly. at the ready. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Please, please, please don't rip tonight. <laughs> do I dare to ask you what else you now delve into collection wise? Oh gosh. My husband is probably like, if he was here, this exact moment would just be shaking his head. If he heard this question, <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, my husband and I have got big time into Tiki over the last uh, few years. 
And so I've started a, a collection of vintage tiki mugs and vintage stir sticks. And uh, those are the two things that are kind of starting to collect on my shelves and on my, on my vintage bar cart that I have at home. And I love vintage brooches as well. I, I live in a very small apartment, my husband and I, so I'm very limited on space. So anything I can collect that can either go on walls or into little jewelry boxes <laughs> is kind of my thing right now. <laughs> At least then you have a bit of forced control, like you have to be a little bit controlling. It's been hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll be honest, like things are starting to appear on doors and my, and, and somewhere it's design. It's a design. That's what I keep trying to tell my husband. And he keeps shaking his head going, it's not a design. You collect too much. <laughs> You're like, look, you can just sit on top of this. I- item and it's now a chair. (laughs) Exactly. All right, let's focus on dance now. Liz is heavily involved in the Lindy Hop scene in Toronto. She'll tell you all about that, but first some background on Lindy Hop as a style of vintage dance. So the Lindy Hop um, is a a dance. It was originated in the 1930s in Harlem, and it's um, originally um, created by black dancers, African-American dancers in Harlem in the 30s. And it was done at the Savoy Ballroom. And it was it was a mix of like Charleston that came before and like um, things like the Black Bottom and like all these old vintage dances that came before. But it was more free. And they just would go to the Savoy, which was like filled with big bands and dancers, and they would just dance. And the name, it's kind of debated on the name, the Lindy Hop, but it was said when Charles Lindbergh hopped to the ocean that they were like, what do you call this dance? And they're like, the Lindy Hop. <laughs> and it was supposed to be because of Charles Lindbergh. But it was it was created, it's an African-American dance originated in Harlem during the 1930s. And there's aerials as well yeah. that you, if you've seen it, that's a, what a lot of people remember is the aerials. And it does sit alongside sort of other swing dancing as well. But but there are people who specialize just in, in Lindy Hop. Yes, because it's um, a very specific movements that happen. There's like steps called like the swing out. And um, like I said, the aerials are very specific to uh, Lindy Hop. You won't see it. There's there's other swing dances like West Coast Swing, mm. East Coast. There's um, Jive, that kind of stuff. And you won't uh, tend to see uh, things like swing outs and all that kind of stuff. It's it, when you put them side by side, it's a very different dance. And the music as well is where you um, the difference comes. Because you dance Lindy Hop to big band music, yeah. swing music. Um, anything that's got a good eight count uh, that swings is what you dance Lindy Hop to. Was it hard to learn? Um, no. it. I mean, my husband, it, he would say something very different. <laughs> I, I had come from a dance background, so I didn't think it was that hard. Um, they start... If you have the right teachers, everybody just steps you through the basic steps. And I hear so many people saying, I didn't think that I could learn the Lindy Hop. And the, some of the basic steps are super easy. And once you get those steps, as we always say, if you do those, say, six steps perfectly, everybody will want to dance with you. You don't have to do all the fancy stuff. So just take your time. Have a good time with it. You can do the Lindy Hop. <laughs> 
<laughs> I do love, as someone who has not learnt and has a, a craving to learn, I do love watching, you know, going to events and watching people do the Lindy Hop or swing dance and how effortlessly they can just pluck someone out of the audience who also knows, as you said, those basic steps. <laughs> it's such a lost art to be able to dance like that and dance yes. with someone. It's so special. Oh, I agree completely. The the It's magic on the dance floor when you – um, find that person that also dances what you dance and you just share that moment in time, the music and the steps. And even if you've completely messed it up, it be, you think you've messed it up, it's still, you come out laughing. The one thing I've always noticed, and this is what I comment when I comment about swing dancing and stuff, watch swing dancers, any swing dancers, but because Lindy Hop is my specialty, everybody's smiling mm. and laughing. Even if they're falling all over the place, <laughs> they're still laughing and smiling because you just can't help it because it's just so joyous to do. Like even just talking right now, I'm just like, oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> and the best part is you just go back into that basic step and you start all over again. Exactly. Exactly. And then everybody's happy again. No, it's Oh, it's easy. It's wonderful. And everybody should do it. I, I can't stress enough. <laughs> and there's there's quite a decent scene in Toronto that you're involved in. Yes, it's actually um, growing. Uh, we've got two big studios in Toronto that uh, uh, have lessons um, several days a week. And every Saturday night that's been going on since, don't quote me on this, but I think since the Swing Revival, since, since the 90s, there's been a live swing band and swing dance with beginner lessons every Saturday night in Toronto. Every Saturday night. And we have live music all over the place in Toronto. So dancers, if there isn't a social dance happening that's been pre-arranged, they'll go out and find a bar and they'll just dance in front of the band there or whatever. It, it, we're not huge in numbers. Like we don't have thousands of us, but there's quite like quite an active scene in Toronto. We're very, very lucky. There's so many things I love about that. Uh, people coming together to share a passion, being able to get out and have a good time, but also the support it must bring to some of those big bands as well when they see people hit the dance floor. You know, like that, that's such a boost for people who are also playing a vintage style of music. Oh, definitely. There's a band in Toronto called Martin Loomer, uh, Orange Devils. And um, I'm part of the organization Toronto Lindy Hop. And we hire them every year to play our big World Lindy Hop Day event. It's a, it's a fundraiser for our organization. And it also is to promote Lindy Hop, like, all, since the beginning when it started till now. But they used to, they still play in a little bar in Toronto called the Monarch Town. I'm giving them a really good pitch right now. Yes. They're going to love it. <laughs> um, and they... The people come in droves to listen, but the dancers were never there. And then the dancers got wind of them and they started showing up. And Martin Loomer's band plays like you sound like you were in the Savoy. We've had some original Lindy Hoppers come to Toronto and they've heard him and they've said, that's what it sounds like in the Savoy. And oh. Martin, who's the head of it, says it makes it even better when we have the dancers there. It just adds that extra something. So he just loves, and same with all the other bands. It's not just big bands, but any of the bands that we, the dancers go out for, they love it. They feed off it because there's a communication that happens between the band and the dancers. They play off each other, and you see that quite a bit when you're at dances with them. 
Yeah, it's, it's great. It's it's a magical moment. It's like a conversation. It's a nonverbal exchange yes. of love and passion and like, yeah, exactly. buddy, love you, love your exactly. work. Keep it going. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Beyond Lindy Hop, what's the vintage scene like in Toronto? It's quite uh, eclectic. We have everything from, so I um, am part of the Toronto Vintage Society and um, it was, we were a little bit more active a couple of years ago running events and stuff, but now we just promote all the scene, like all the events that are happening in the scene. And there's everything from, we have 60s mod nights with vinyl being played like every week almost. We have two awesome tiki bars that always have really cool surf bands that come in. We've got a rock and rockabilly scene with lots of great bands. We've got a great 70s. The 80s is like really big in Toronto. You see a lot of like 80s nights and all that. And there's a place in Toronto called Kensington Market and there's all these vintage shops and they sell everything from like 1930 suits to 1980s tie-dye art on whatever the 80s was <laughs> great pink stuff whatever those guys were doing the then better yeah the 80s who remembers anyway i, I was a child I... yeah not by choice you had to wear the the tie-dye and the uh the big hair although it is fun to have yeah, an 80s exactly. night i do love a good 80s night Yeah. And so we're very lucky in Toronto that we just have so many options. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. Like anything you feel. And then also the swing dancing. So if you want some big band and head to the forties, you have that as well. There's also a fifties dance troupe that um, offers classes once in a while. So you can learn some fifties dances. We're very lucky in Toronto. We have a lot of great options. The list goes on and on. What do you love about being so much a part of this, but also being able to be a part of the online vintage community and everything that you do on your blog, the Vintage Inn? I love, well, it's something like here, meeting somebody like you. If I hadn't started my blog, I wouldn't be having this conversation. I wouldn't be, I've met so many people, like, not actually in person, but just so many people online have reached out to me and vice versa that I never, and we've had such wonderful conversations about vintage life and shopping and what it's like to dress up and have people kind of look at you with, you know, the eye going, what's going on here? And it's so nice to talk to people who understand and have walked that path with you. And it's opened up my life. Like in Toronto, I've met some of my best friends came out of the Toronto Vintage Society and it was started because the girl that started it was looking for like-minded people. She was like, well, I'll start a society. (laughs) And then she started reaching out to people and I just happened to be there because I had a blog and she found me that way. And now she's one of my best friends and we've done so many cool vintage events together. And it's just been magical and I'm so lucky that I have walked this path and will always walk this path because everybody I've met uh, in person or online has just been so wonderful so nice like the community is so like wonderful yeah everybody is just encouraging and so nice and I I love it I absolutely love it it's so lovely because that's something we get to hear each and every week on the podcast and I think part of it is because for a long time uh, individually, we want, we wandered this earth not really knowing where we belonged. And then when you find it, it's like, oh, there it is. I'm home. It, that's exactly right. And it was like, for so long, I was just kind of like, yeah, bouncing around. And then I met and I was like, 
the first time I ever went to uh, uh, Viva in Las Vegas, I was like, holy Moses, I'm surrounded by thousands of people like me. <laughs> I wanted to like hug everybody. <laughs> and then, and then, and then you have the moment where it's like, because <gasps> I was at Viva earlier this year. I was like, oh, it's that person. And my husband was like, go talk to them. I'm like, oh no, I could, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't possibly. Oh, yes. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Liz shares all these elements of her vintage passion on her blog, The Vintage Inn. She shares recipes, sewing patterns, and some of the incredible vintage finds that she has. But what caught my eye was the old photos that she posts. I have an extreme passion for old photos. And for years, I've collected these old photos, but I was like, I have nobody to share it with. And then I like started this blog, and I was like, Oh, now I can start, even if only five people read it, those are five people that I can start talking to them about of all the things that I've internalized and I've had no chance to talk to anybody about. And it was just so nice to be able to now put it out there and it'd be like, this is what I love. And I hope you enjoy it too. Don't you love this ad? Don't you love this photo? It's just been a really, it's kind of been a relief to be able to be like, here, world, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I like. Do you like it too? Exactly. Please talk with me. Be my friend and let's talk. <laughs> what is it about old photos? Are they old photos of people? Are you finding people's family photos from generations yes. and taking them home with you? Oh, gosh, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm like, give, give, give. <laughs> I love old photos. What I love about the passion, when I look at it, First of all, um, and many people have probably said this, it's a moment in time. Like it's a snapshot of what somebody dressed like, what they're, so even just on the fashion side, hair, clothes, um, surroundings, that kind of thing. But then I'm always been a, um, a person who's a little bit of a dreamer. And when you read my blog, I'm always making comments going, what do you think is happening here? Do you think that she was this was her first car or, or this was her boyfriend or I'm always wondering what is happening and always wanting to, I'm having a narrative going on in my head about this, the, the picture. So when I see it, I'm not only enjoying um, the fashion, but I'm also going, Hmm, what is the story here? And I like, I love when I've, I found pictures in one of my favorite vintage shops in Toronto that have been in completely separate boxes in like totally different areas of the this, this store. And when they all of a sudden land together on my lap I'm like oh my gosh the stories come together <laughs> and it's so wonderful and I'm like yes now I know what's going on <laughs> absolutely especially because you know we are so lucky now that we have a camera with us literally everywhere we go so taking yes. a photo feels like a pain now instead of something special yeah. but back then you know film was expensive and it was a big yeah. deal when your family could afford a camera and when everyone was together especially in the 40s you know and earlier when we were going through especially for us and for Europe when we were going through you know, wartime mm -hmm. as well. So those photos were special. They were lasting moments. It was only pulled out for very special occasions and to capture something pretty magical. So that in itself, it's lovely that they're getting an extra life after whoever has loved them and, and took them for whatever reason doesn't have them anymore. No, exactly. I like I, I store them in a photo album and like I have them all organized and all that. I like on my blog, I have a vintage photo Tuesday. 
it. And I usually try and do a theme basically along the lines of what you were just saying. Like I would go through the photos and I start noticing that there was a lot of photos in front of a house. Mm. People would, nobody takes pictures in front of their house anymore. And I'm like, why is that? Because like you were just saying, it was a huge deal to have a house. It was a huge deal to have a picture in front of your car because not everybody had a car. So they wanted to, to, and so I would do these themes like pictures of people in front of cars and, <laughs> because it, it, that was an important moment in their life Yeah, and everybody else should share in that now. Yeah. I love it. it you, you're now a, you're a curator. It's like a museum. It's like people's photos yes. museum, <laughs> but it's in, exactly. a, it's in your house, <laughs> your tiny apartment. Exactly. And I feel bad when I leave something behind. I'm like, I'm sorry. I just, I don't know why I'm not taking you. I just can't take it all. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then you've got to leave some of it down to vintage fate, right? Like if it's still there when you go back again, yeah. if it's still there in six months time, it's like, all right, you're meant to be mine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Liz, it's been so great to talk to you. I absolutely love everything that you post about. I could spend hours uh, in a wormhole oh, on your thank you. blog. And uh, that's the best. So thank you so much for being our guest this week on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. And I can't wait to hear all your other guests. So thank you very much. That's it for this episode of This Retro Life. You can find us on Wooshka, iTunes and Stitcher where you can subscribe and, of course, rate and review us so it's easier for other guys and gals to find this podcast. To get more information on today's guest, head to our website, thisretrolife.com or search This Retro Life on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We have some photos and videos and behind the scenes and a whole heap more retro fun, so do come and check us out. As always, if you're a vintage guy or gal from any era and into anything from cars to collectibles, we'd love to hear from you. Go to thisretrolife.com and drop us a line. Until next time, I'm Kai Handley. Thanks for listening to This Retro Life. Retro Life.